Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, 14th of April. Three days until St. Patrick's Day. You better get those livers limbered up before then. The market is behaving itself remarkably well at the moment, up 40 as I speak this morning. We were flopping around, not doing too much. And banks aren't doing too much, despite their results season coming up. I sort of mentioned that in the strategy piece today, that we've got results from the banks starting, or the results season starting with Bank of Queensland tomorrow, with Westpac on May the 3rd, ANZ May the 5th, NAB on May the 6th. And as I said yesterday, there's every reason to believe that these results should be pretty good. As a season, the banks have over-provisioned for the pandemic. Interest rates have been going up, which is good. That helps margins and leads to an earnings upgrade cycle for banks. Earnings generally should be upgraded from this time last year. Lending restrictions have been eased. Regulation as an issue generally has backed off. Sentiment has improved. The housing market's great. They should normalize their dividends even more so than the CBA did with their results in February. Statements should be optimistic. There's a price for everything, obviously. But for income investors, this results season looks very low risk with potential to surprise on the upside. Just to give you a few broker target prices, the average broker target price on Bank of Queensland is 4.1% above the current share price. Westpac, 3.5% above the current share price. ANZ 0.6% below the current share price. In other words, it's trading in line with the average broker target price. And NAB 0.8% below the current share price. And one of the banks not having results, of course, is the Commonwealth Bank. Their target price at the moment is average broker target price is 7.6% below the current share price. Running into the results, the sector has performed particularly well. And it is notable that most of the broker target prices are now up with events, up with the current share prices. Whereas over the last couple of years, with the downtrend in banks and the sentiment being so poor, most of the brokers have had target prices well above the current share prices. So we're going into the results, albeit a low risk and expected to be good with all sorts of positive drivers. We go in with the share prices looking fairly fully valued. That shouldn't worry an income investor. If you are going to be scared of these results, then you really are a nervous Nelly. Right, Dow Jones was down 68. S&P was up 0.3. NASDAQ up 1.21%. VIX volatility index down again. Now, do you notice anything there? Once again, the NASDAQ has started to outperform the broader market. Technology stocks are coming back into focus, and I will get back to that in a minute. Meanwhile, we survived the US CPI number overnight. It came in higher than expected. The month-on-month number was the biggest rise in eight and a half years, plus 0.6%. It's not exactly that dramatic. And I make the point in the strategy piece today that a lot of the year-on-year comparisons in economic numbers, as well as stock market numbers, but in economic numbers, are now dropping out the February numbers and are being based on the lows last year. So you're seeing some quite dramatic increases in all sorts of economic statistics. And one of them here is clearly inflation. And the FOMC have said overnight that the Fed will look past the spike in inflation as they should. It's a statistical anomaly 
anomaly, this high inflation number, rather than an inflation problem. And interestingly, the 10-year bond yield, I've got charts once again of the US 10-year bond yield and the Australian 10-year bond yield in the strategy piece today. And whilst yesterday I was talking about interest rates having been going up for the last six months since the vaccine news came along, that they had plateaued. Well, after last night, it's looking like US bond yields have peaked and are going down rather than going sideways. Anyway, have a look at the chart. It's very short-term stuff. But it's clear that the interest rate fears are seeping out of the market. And as they do, you've got a resurrection in the, what would you call it, sentiment-driven stocks and sectors. And you can tell that because last night, for instance, Tesla up 8.6%, Apple up 2.4%, and as I say, Nasdaq up 1.2% compared to the Dow Jones, which was down. And the barometer of market exuberance, Bitcoin, hit a record last night. And I see Grab, which is the Asian Uber, has decided to list on the NASDAQ. A lot of corporate deals need to be timed for when the market is buoyant. And clearly, it is buoyant. The ducks are quacking. And when the ducks are quacking, what do you do? You feed them. So it's a good time for brokers to get on the phone with their big ideas to all their corporate contacts, suggesting they either raise capital or bid for something or use their share price strength to do something they wouldn't be able to do in quieter times. So the, the message today is that interest rates are peaking, if not going down, and the growth sentiment is reinflating. And not just overseas, you can see that in our market as well. You can see it just in performance of technology stocks today. But you can also see it in buy now, pay later. Buy now, pay later has come alive after the Z1P or ZIP quarterly update yesterday. ZIP was up 17% yesterday. Record numbers in the US from their business quad pay. Some suggestions that that business is going to quickly become bigger than their Australian domestic business. And on the back of that, APT was up. SPT split it was up 8.3% yesterday, another 2.4% today. And APT today up another 2.5% after 3.1% yesterday. And open pay, Henry talks about open pay in Henry's take today. OPY up 6.1% today. He talks about that being one of the cheaper plays in the buy now, pay later sector. And Sezzle up 8.1% yesterday. So things are coming alive in buy now, pay later again, having had quite a significant correction. And if you look at the charts of Z1P and APT, you'll see that there's been a bottoming and a recovery. On the back of that, we have just edged a little bit more money into Afterpay and Zip in our growth portfolio. If you're going to bother looking at charts, well, you might as well use them. And from a timing point of view, it looks the right time to be adding to those holdings. If you are a long-term disciple of buy now, pay later, which I think is a fairly safe bet, that industry is going to replace the credit card industry. There's loads of growth still to go. I know it's very hard to, or for some of you, particularly experienced investors who have got a grounding in fundamentals and a faith in value investing to buy stocks like this because the fundamentals don't stack up because the companies are not trying to produce profits at this point. They're trying to grab the piece of land that's available and it's only going to be available once before buy now, pay later becomes a commodity. So they're spending everything they get plus raising capital to take advantage of that opportunity. So from a fundamental point of view, these stocks don't look cheap and there is little fundamental certainty or comfort with any of these stocks. So all you can do for the moment is trade 
the popularity swings and they just swung back into focus. And technically on the charts are worth chasing again. I mean, for how long? Who knows? It's a fickle thing, market sentiment. When the market tips over, they'll tip over more savagely, no doubt. But for now, they're going up. And you can probably expect after Z1P's share price reaction yesterday, all the other buy now, pay later players or any other company in the tech space realizes that the ducks are quacking and you've got to feed them with quarterly updates as well. So we should see Me Too announcements from other companies if they're doing particularly well at the moment. So as I say, we are topping up our holdings in APT and Z1P. Now I've put out the broker research on Z1P and APT in the strategy piece today. The average broker target price on APT is 5.7% below the current share price and on Z1P 7.7% below the current share price. But those averages are created by one broker in particular, which is UBS, which has a target price on APT 72% below the current share price, $36 against current share price of 121. And that same analyst has a sell recommendation on Z1P with a target price of 650 against the current share price of 918, so 34% below the current share. And I've written a piece today in the strategy section called He is Not the Messiah. The UBS analyst is clearly, in order to be in buy now, pay later, you've either got to be of the faith or not. And the UBS, UBS analyst is obviously not of the faith. And I don't quite understand what's going on. UBS is a massive corporate deal doer. And it would be at the front of the queue if APT decides to raise capital. So I wonder why the analyst is so boldly undervaluing or not undervaluing, but so boldly damaging the share prices. And I think if I was his head of research, I'd be wandering over and asking if he knows the difference between stockbroking, which is all about getting orders, commissions and doing corporate deals, if he knows the difference between stockbroking and fundamental analysis, because it's all all right being right, pointing out that buy now, pay later is not the messiah, and that may or may not be true. But the buy now, pay later flock, the disciples and even the messiah, themselves, which is the company, are not going to listen and are not going to deal with you, which may not be commercial for a huge stockbroker like UBS in one of the most exciting sectors in many years. So he may turn out to be right, but it's a bit like that guy that sat with me at Bell Potter who told us about the tech boom, that it's all going to end in tears. And he actively dissuaded his clients from dealing in anything to do with the tech boom. And whilst two years years later, he was telling us that I told you so. The truth of the matter was that he did no business, denied his clients one of the best opportunities in decades. And it's no good being right in the stock market in the long term if you've missed all the action in the short term. It's about making money at any time frame you can, in any time frame you can, out of whatever you can. It's not about sitting wisely up on a rock dictating what's going to happen in the future. It's about getting in amongst it and... UBS risks here missing enormous amounts of corporate fees or trades in APT with commissions attached by being this negative. Now, it may well turn out that this analyst, I'm, I'm going to find the research. I'd love to have a chat to him because I'd love, love to know what the story is and why he has taken such a devil's advocate point of view. I mean, all power to him. We all need devil's advocates. It's certainly eye-catching. It gets, I'm sure, attention for UBS. 
but it seems very un-UBS-like. I used to work for UBS. So I'd love to know what the story is if that analyst wants to ring me. I'll do a, I'll do a podcast and you can speak your piece and I'll raise your profile for you. But a very interesting standalone view on buy now, pay later, which seems to me to be uncommercial. I'd love to know the background behind it. Right, a few other things. Uh, lithium stocks took a jump yesterday. You might have seen, I think I spoke about it yesterday, Galaxy Resources, Oracobre. I've put the research in the newsletter today. Macquarie have basically upgraded both stocks to a buy on a very optimistic view about the shortage of lithium, thanks to battery demand for electric vehicles, which is hardly a news story. But after a rocky last couple of years for lithium, it's coming alive again. And I am sure that my big diesel four-wheel drive is going to be worthless in a couple of years when we all start looking at electric vehicles. Anyway, the average target price on Oracobra is 3.2% below the current share price and on Galaxy Resources 11.8% below. So Macquarie's view may lead other brokers into upgrade, although Morgan Stanley has also got research out today with a target price 27% below the current share price. Anyway, Lithium continues to provide opportunity and entertainment. As I mentioned yesterday, Hub and NetWealth were up yesterday on a Macquarie upgrade. A2 Milk was up 5% if you remember yesterday. Bell Potter, it turns out, had a recommendation on them. But looking at that chart, it's far too early to call that a technical bottom. There's also an article in the Fairfax Press from JP Morgan where the chief global market strategist is saying that this rebound from the pandemic supported by monetary policy and this fall in volatility is set to last for some time. He talks about a significant turning point rather than just a blip. Anyway, you can read that in the Fairfax Press. Aluminium at three-year high. OPEC upped its demand forecast for 2021. The oil price up a little bit overnight. Gold having a bit of a consolidation after a sharp fall. Not sure it's really viable unless the pandemic takes a grip again. Right, coming up, we've got Jerome. Powell speech tonight. Thursday, we've got Australian jobs numbers. As I say, they're not really market movers. Thursday, we've got Bank of Queensland kicking off the bank's results season. I've talked about that. Thursday, we've also got the US results season starts. And it starts with major investment banks. Or Thursday, tomorrow morning. It's actually tonight, those results, which is Wednesday. JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs. I cannot imagine that the US investment banks have done anything but make billions on the back of the printed money and a rising market in the last quarter. So the results season in the US should start very well and that should reflect on our only major investment bank Macquarie and on Friday look out for the Chinese GDP number. Right just to finish up I have put a button in the strategy piece today and in its own section today called stock market wisdom. You might have seen that invitation in a separate section in the newsletter this morning. But can you answer this question for other members? If you could pass on just one piece of investment wisdom to other Marcus Today members, what would it be? And I've already put a heap of replies in the newsletter already today. You have 50 words or less. So you can hit that button and email me your nugget of wisdom. It's under a section called Invitation to Members. The one I like so far, I like them all, but the one I like so far is keep your spouse happy because the 50% drop in personal net wealth via an amicable divorce is probably the only thing that reeks worse than the 45% the ATO will take off you each year. 
All good. Right. As I leave you, the market was up 46 at the peak. It's now up 31. Dow futures are down 30. Hit that wisdom button. Tell us what you've learned over the last 50 years of investment. Save our members some time finding it out for themselves. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.